Adams on Agriculture brought to you by Cenex Premium Diesel. Cenex Premium Diesel, a more complete additive package for a more complete burn. Informing America's farmers and ranchers, it's Adams on Agriculture. Produced by the American Ag Radio Network. Here's your host, Mike Adams. And hello, everyone. Welcome to Adams on Agriculture. Thank you so much for joining us as we kick off a new week. Hope you had a good weekend. Harvest uh, rolls on, and we'll talk harvest weather with DTM meteorologist Bryce Anderson. Uh, How much longer does this uh, good harvest weather continue, and how great are the concerns that are growing in many parts of the country about dry weather? What about some relief there? We'll talk about all that with Bryce Anderson and, of course, La Nina. Also, a lot of numbers to go over from uh, WASDE report on Friday. We'll talk with Steve Nicholson with Robbo about those. And we'll also get a harvest update from Nebraska. Greg Anderson checks in. We'll get a look at the harvest in eastern Nebraska. All that coming up on today's program as we kick off this week. Let's start things off with Spencer Chase from AgriPulse Communications. Spencer, thanks for joining us. I find this story interesting that uh, there's a lot of criticism and a lot of people jumping on uh, Secretary Purdue for talking uh, politics and promoting the president during his uh, visits when he's out and about. Um, memo to all those. This has been going on for four years. <laughs> about every about every visit or every appearance that Secretary Purdue makes is really, um, you know, a promotion for the administration. And I might add, this is going on with every Secretary of Agriculture, I think, uh, at least the ones I can remember, because they are there promoting their administration and speaking on behalf of their boss, which is the President of the United States. Well, and far be it from me to uh, to insist anything political might be doing uh, might be going on with the, the Secretary being in Minnesota and Iowa last week, as well as the EPA Administrator being in Pennsylvania. And I just got another... Uh, uh, events notice that he's going to be uh, in. Uh, let's see, uh, going to be in Suffolk tomorrow. So uh, another uh, another uh, campaign area. So you know, as as I said, far be it for me to in, to insinuate anything uh, about the uh, the the travelings of the cabinet officials here a month before the election. But I'll I'll leave that to your listeners to to read into that what they wish. And I think we could all figure that out. It just it's kind of part of the job, and that, that's the way it goes. But he's certainly getting a, a lot of. Uh, a criticism for it so uh, that but those are the times in which we live everything seems to be politicized uh right now the usda did make an announcement concerning school meals will be free through the end of the year this has been a, a big uh, discussion point right and this is something that going into the beginning of the school year usda was being pressured by some folks on capitol hill as well as some folks in the school nutrition community uh, looking to get those waivers extended for uh, the entire year. Uh, some of those waivers were issued, uh, you know, earlier in, in March and April at the onset of the pandemic with some additional flexibilities that uh, extended into the summer. And uh, USDA was saying they didn't have the authority or the budget to do the entire year, uh, but they did go through the end of the calendar year, so through the end of 2020. And then last week we saw an announcement from the department that allows for some things like, you know, parents to pick up the meals without the children being present, uh, some more flexibility on, on meal planning. Some of those things are actually going to be extended through the end of the school year. So through, I, I believe, the, the the technical date is uh, the end of June of 2021. So, uh, you know, one would hope that by then all, all the all the children will uh, no longer be in school and they'll be able to have finished up the 2020-2021 the school year. 
Focus right now, of course, on the confirmation hearings underway now for Amy Coney Barrett. Um, let's though look at the COVID aid package, those talks on again, off again. What's the latest on those? So we, we saw this morning, actually, uh, an, an announcement from Senate Majority Leader Steny Hoyer and uh, the, you know, in the House, the, or excuse me, yeah, House Majority Leader Steny Hoyer, and in the House, the Majority Leader really sets the floor schedule as as is tradition, and he flat out announced to his colleagues this morning that they're not going to be voting on anything this week. Uh, we did hear at the tail end of last week that the Republicans had returned to had returned an offer to House Democrats and specifically Speaker Nancy Pelosi, but we also heard over the weekend that there was a phone call between uh, the Trump administration and some Senate Republicans. And Senate Republicans really didn't like that deal. Um, it's an interesting breakdown. The Senate Republicans that are in pretty safe states and are not up for re-election are really pushing against a deal. And the Senate Republicans that are vulnerable and uh, in kind of tough re-election battles, you know, namely Joni Ernst of Iowa, really pushing for a deal. So obviously politics playing a, playing a role in more ways than one here. Yeah, and as we continue to look at the political landscape, I mean, the results of the election will certainly impact... Uh, ag moving forward and, uh, you know, could change the makeup of the ag committees, things like that. It'll be interesting to see how this uh, plays out. Yeah, I'll tell you the same thing that I've told, uh, you know, a number of my friends and family back home. We'll all be a lot smarter on November 4th. <laughs> and and granted, uh, you know, with, with this year, with the amount of mail-in voting and uh, absentee voting, it may take a little bit longer to uh, ascertain the election results. But uh, pretty much everything is hanging in the balance of the election right now. Uh, keep in mind, uh, their Congress is going to have to some, come to some kind of a budget agreement by December 11th as well uh, to avoid a government shutdown at the tail end of the year. And uh, I think it's an educated guess that uh, the makeup of Congress, you know, the makeup of the next Congress as set by the 2020 elections is going to play a big role in those discussions as well in terms of do we see another short-term CR into February or do they just lock up government funding through the remainder of the fiscal year? A lot of things remaining in flux right now. And depending on the outcome of the election, you know, what we'll see as far as energy policy, environmental policy, um, regulation. I mean, there's so much uh, in play here with this election. Right. And just the way that uh, the government is is kind of set up, you know, yielding so much power to the executive on a lot of different, uh, you know, regulatory issues, as well as potentially the Senate flipping Democrat. That would obviously uh, lead to some major changes in the, the policy priorities on Capitol Hill. And so, uh, you know, a, a number of things remain in flux. You know, the, the, the Senate race in North Carolina has had a new twist and turn seemingly every day the last couple of weeks. Uh, some really contentious races, as I mentioned, in Iowa, but also Colorado, Montana, Maine, Arizona. A lot of different races uh, in flux. And at this point, it's looking like I haven't seen any polling that suggests otherwise. It's looking like the House might keep control, or excuse me, Democrats might keep control of the House. But on that note, uh, House Ag Committee Chair Colin Peterson in a very tough re-election race in Minnesota. And, you know, should he lose that race, that obviously, you know, he's one of the more rural uh, Democrats on the uh, House Ag Committee. And what that would do to the committee's priorities would certainly be interesting to watch. A lot of big, big questions that uh, will soon, seemingly soon, get answers to. As you said, we may not know the results quite as soon as we would like or would expect to under most uh, years, most election years. But uh, we'll, we should soon find out some of the answers to these questions. All right, Spencer, good to talk with you. Too bad there's nothing going on to talk about, right? 
Yeah, I, I really wish I could be busy once one of these days. I'm getting pretty bored here, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Spencer. Thank you. Appreciate it. Spencer yep. Chase with you bet. Spencer Chase with AgriPulse Communications as we uh, kick off this week. Indeed, uh, a lot of stories uh, we'll be keeping an eye on, including the weather. Good harvest weather. It rolls on, but wow, you look at some of those dust clouds out there. It is dry in a lot of areas. While that's allowing the harvest to go, even though presenting a few challenges with it being too dry with some beans in some places and things like that setting us up for some bigger concerns perhaps down the road with this dry weather we'll talk about that next with dtm meteorologist bryce anderson stay with us you're listening to aoa Adams on Agriculture, brought to you by Cenex Premium Diesel. Cenex Premium Diesel, diesel that doesn't mess around. There's a reason more than a billion feet of ADS farm tile lies beneath America's heartland. It's simple. We build trust. Since 1966, farmers and their families have trusted ADS products to improve yields and create longer growing seasons. From lift stations to water control structures, ADS Agriculture has everything you need for total ag water management solutions. For everyone out there feeding the world, we wish you all a safe and happy harvest. Join us every Tuesday for Around the Table, brought to you by CHS as we discuss how cooperatives support farmers and ranchers and build strong communities. Each week, we'll chat with voices from throughout the cooperative system, from global market access to local expertise. We'll explore how co-op ownership means you own a world of opportunities. Tune in on Tuesdays or visit cooperativeownership.com to learn more recently on Adams on Agriculture. Well, we have the latest numbers in the Purdue CME Group Ag Economy Barometer. Joining us now is Purdue Ag Economist Michael Langmeyer. The index increased to 156 from 144 in August. Back in April and May, we're right around an index of 100, and so the index has increased dramatically since its uh, lows in, in April and May. If you look at the two subcomponents, the index of current conditions increased more than the index of future expectations. And I think that was due to two different things. One is the increase in in prices, particularly corn and soybeans, from late July, early August into uh, September. But also, uh, this survey took place right after uh, the announcement of the second round of the uh, CPAP payments. So I think both of those things were important to the increase in index of current conditions and the increase in the Ag Economy Barometer Index. For the information important to rural America, join us on Adams on Agriculture. Have you written a book and want to get it published? Then call Page Publishing at 800-955-4538 immediately. That's 800-955-4538. Page Publishing is looking for authors of all types of books. And unlike most publishers, Page Publishing will take the time to review each and every book submitted to them and give you their feedback. If they like what they read, they'll get your book into bookstores and for sale online at Amazon, the Apple iTunes Store, Barnes & Noble, and other outlets. They handle everything. Editing, cover design, copyright protection, printing, publicity, 
publicity and distribution. So if you've written a novel, children's book, cookbook, inspirational work, poetry, or a biography and want to get it published, then you need to call Page Publishing and do it immediately. Call 800-955-4538 now for your free author submission kit. Again, for your free author submission kit, call 800-955-4538. That's 800-955-4538. Your road to fame and fortune could very well start with this simple phone call. Call Page Publishing at 800-955-4538 for your free author submission kit. Adams on Agriculture is brought to you by Cenex Premium Diesel. With Cenex Premium Diesel, you can count on a diesel that will keep your operation in top shape. Information America's farmers and ranchers need to know. Adams on Agriculture. Now, back to Mike Adams. All right, let's talk weather with DTM meteorologist Bryce Anderson. Bryce, good news is it's dry. Bad news is it's dry. Well, uh, it's dry in some areas, Mike. <laughs> Let's talk about the short-term situation. Uh, there was a pretty good round of thunderstorms that moved across the western and the northern Midwest over the past uh, 12 to 18 hours. So uh, that's going to disrupt harvest uh, during the next uh, several days, in fact. Uh, we saw from about uh, three-tenths to locally an inch and a half of rain uh, that occurred. And uh, the, uh, the swath went from about eastern Nebraska, then uh, northeastward across northern Iowa, now into the upper Mississippi Valley, the St. Croix Valley in Minnesota and Wisconsin. Uh, so there's going to be some disruption there. Otherwise, uh, boy, it is dry. There's no doubt about it. And uh, we're seeing uh, drought conditions uh, set in to the point that um, – even in, uh, even in areas that started out the crop year with uh, favorable soil moisture, uh, after the uh, crops have been taken out, uh, corn and soybeans taken off the field, it's going to be hard to do field work now uh, because uh, the, the uh, soil profile is so dry that uh, it's going to be hard to really get the knives and the tillage uh, implements into the ground, and that's going to cause some issues. And then, of course, in the uh, southwestern plains, uh, not only has it been dry, but it's been uh, very warm to hot. Uh, there were winds yesterday topping 50 miles an hour that blew the dust around in western Kansas, eastern Colorado, uh, just keeping the uh, new winter wheat under stress in uh, that part of the country also. Yeah, you look at some of those pictures on social media, uh, you would have thought it was the dust bowl all over again. Well, it doesn't take much. I mean, uh, we know that there's a lot of uh, a lot of ground that's been worked up uh, for uh, for different crops, and uh, then uh, you you add into that uh, how the uh, drought conditions are anywhere from uh, severe to extreme in the southwestern plains. Then bring in uh, this uh, wind velocity of 50 miles an hour, and boy, it'll fill the skies uh, farther to the west. Uh, from basically the Continental Divide all the way to the Pacific Coast outside of maybe the, co- the uh, coast range uh, areas of California from uh, the very uh, far western mountains in California to the, to the uh, California coast. Uh, the remainder of the interior of the western half of the country is in some phase of drought, and the entire Colorado River Valley, uh, the entire basin from the, from the headwaters in uh, Rocky Mountain National Park, all the way southwest uh, to the uh, Colorado mouth in the Gulf of California, 
including Lake Mead, Lake Powell, all those uh, big reservoirs area uh, in that part of the country. That entire Colorado River Basin is either in extreme or exceptional drought on the drought monitor. That's just an example to me of uh, how, how incredibly dry uh, the western part of the country is outside of the wildfires that they've had. Is this uh, the onset then of La Nina? Well, we've got La Nina going on. Uh, there's no doubt about it. In fact, the uh, soil, uh, the uh, southern oscillation, I've got soil moisture uh, really dialed in here. Uh, the southern oscillation index metric uh, that the Australia Weather Bureau uses to kind of, uh, kind of uh, calculate the atmospheric conditions in the Pacific for either El Nino or La Nina is well into La Nina categories. Uh, today's value on the 30-day moving average was a 12.3, and the 90-day moving average is a positive 8.5. Uh, those are both uh, moderate uh, intensity La Nina metrics. So this uh, feature is is pretty well in place, and it's been interesting to uh, see how the forecasts for the duration of La Nina have expanded its time frame since about, uh, say, late August. Because in late August, most of the consensus forecasts talked about this feature being pretty weak and uh, kind of uh, dying out, kind of dwindling, you know, during that February time frame. Well, now the uh, forecasts are for this feature to last all the way through the winter and even into the spring. Uh, so there's more of a La Nina type of angle, if you will, into interpreting how the next uh, 12 to 18 months is going to play out. It's, it's really quite a uh, remarkable uh, change in how the, uh, the whole feature is being assessed at this point. Yeah, we'll be talking a lot about that. All right, what about oh, this yeah. week ahead? Well, uh, after this round of uh, thunderstorms that, you know, kind of, uh, kind of move quickly through, uh, the northern and the western parts of the Corn Belt, it is going to be drier. And so I think that there's going to be, you know, continued favorable convi- uh, conditions for uh, getting harvest done. The uh, temperatures are not going to be nearly as warm as we've seen. We're going to have a lot of near to below normal values uh, during this week. And then uh, from, I would say, Interstate 90 northward, uh, temperatures are going to be definitely below normal anywhere from probably uh, 5 to 10 degrees below normal, but here we are approaching mid-October, so it's not a, a uh, real out-of-the-running out uh, um, uh, cold pattern at all. Uh, the western U.S., west of the Rockies, is still going to stay on the very warm side, but over the central and eastern parts of the country, basically uh, quiet, fairly dry, and um, over the southern U.S., it is going to be drier for uh, cleanup and uh, some sort of assessment after Hurricane Delta uh, with that, you know, continued record-breaking um, hurricane season uh, impact in the uh, Delta and in the Deep South. We've had all these hurricanes this year, but unlike some years, they, they don't seem to pump or push much water up into the Midwest. Yeah, it's been, it's been uh, kind of interesting here later in the season, definitely, because uh, the tracks of the storms have been uh, from, the, from the Gulf and then kind of angling uh, off to the northeast. And so there was some activity from this one, uh, the Hurricane Delta system in the Ohio Valley and then to the Mid-Atlantic. 
the occasion for the Midwest to kind of get in on those tropical storm uh, features was actually earlier in the season. Uh, way back in June, there was a tropical storm called Cristobal that actually tracked northward right along the Mississippi Valley all the way uh, through Iowa and uh, parts of western Illinois, but certainly eastern Missouri, uh, then north into Wisconsin, and then finally actually into Ontario before it lost its identity. And um, I think that uh, some of that rain actually was a real benefit for kind of uh, boosting that soil moisture reserve later on in the season when uh, the uh, drier trends set in. So that was a, a, a very beneficial event that they had. All right, uh, give us a look at uh, planting weather in South America. Well, it's improving in Brazil because uh, the next week uh, offers anywhere from three-tenths to an inch and a half of rainfall over just about the entire primary soybean belt. Uh, the rainy season has started about two weeks late, but it is getting underway, and I think that there's going to be quite a bit of planting that uh, gets going. Uh, there's been a little bit of a slower start to uh, the Brazil planting season, but we know that uh, they can, you know, put all sorts of fleets of uh, planters into action. And so I think they're really going to get busy over the next uh, week to 10 days. All right. So overall, um, what we've kind of talked about here today is what we're going to be talking about. It sounds like for weeks and months ahead, uh, this La Nina um, and how strong it is and how long it may last, right? That's going to be a real big feature. I, we're starting to see the impact of that uh, of that event uh, now in the Southern Plains is kind of ongoing, along with the uh, feature with the drier conditions in the West. Unfortunately, over the winter season, uh, the uh, prospect for a stormier winter in the northern and the north central parts of the country is going to be something that gets a lot of attention. And then on into the spring, how we see the the differences in precipitation from west to east, uh, uh, especially kind of the uh, Mississippi Valley as the divider between areas that have maybe a higher chance at uh, spring precip and areas that do not. So that's going to be an ongoing thing as we continue uh, here domestically. And then, of course, in Argentina and southern Brazil, the propensity for drier conditions with La Nina is going to get a lot of attention from now all the way into uh, the end of this year and then into uh, 2021. For sure. All right. Thanks, Bryce. Good to talk with you. You too, Mike. Thank you. Take care. DTM meteorologist Bryce Anderson. Yeah, be prepared to hear a lot and talk a lot about La Nina in the months ahead. Up next, we've got a lot to talk about from Friday's WASDE numbers. We'll talk with Seed Nicholson with Robo AgriFinance. That's coming up next here on AOA. Cenex Premium Diesel comes with a more complete additive package for a more complete burn to optimize performance in all engines. There's a reason more than a billion feet of ADS farm tile lies beneath America's heartland. 
It's simple. We build trust. Since 1966, farmers and their families have trusted ADS products to improve yields and create longer growing seasons. From lift stations to water control structures, ADS Agriculture has everything you need for total ag water management solutions. For everyone out there feeding the world, we wish you all a safe and happy harvest. About 80% of farmers use propane to dry their grain. If you're part of that 80%, you know a dryer filled with propane distributes heat and dries grain more evenly. With FS Propane, you can increase harvest quality, improve productivity, and lower fuel cost. Propane from FS ensures dependable supply. FS offers services and flexible, convenient payment programs to help keep your mind on your business while they manage your propane tank and supply. For grain drying, choose FS Propane. FS Propane brings the heat. Time now for a market check here on Adams on Agriculture. I'm Rusty Halverson from the American Ag Network. Soybean futures trending lower to begin the trading week, even with Friday's WASDE report from USDA being bullish for soybean futures. Traders still trying to determine how much more room they have to trend higher. We are trending lower an hour into Monday's session. Fund managers continue to add to their long, sizable, long positions in the grains, according to the CFTC's latest commitment of traders report. That report, though, is roughly a week old. For the week ending October 6th, managed money adding mostly to their corn and wheat long positions. In soybean futures, November down 18 and three quarters at 1046 and three quarters. January at 1048 and a half down 17 and a quarter. In corn, December down three and a quarter at 391 and three quarters. March at 399 down three and a quarter. Chicago wheat December up two and a half at 596 and a quarter. Kansas City wheat December down a penny and a quarter at 534 and a quarter. Minneapolis spring wheat December up two and three quarters at 546 and a half. For livestock at the American live cattle futures were trending 55 to a dollar 30 lower. December down a dollar thirty at one eleven twenty two. Feeder cattle November down fifty at one thirty five oh two. We have seen two sided activity on that contract in early Monday trade. Lean hog futures December down seventy five sixty six thirty two. February down seventy seven sixty nine seventy seven. On Wall Street, the Dow up one hundred seventy points. S and P up thirty three. Nasdaq up one hundred forty three. November crude oil down $1.13. You're listening to AOA. I'm Rusty Halverson from the American Ag Network. The Home Service Club sponsors this paid advertisement. Attention homeowners. Broken AC, $4,600. Water heater, $1,500. Fridge on the fritz, $1,000. You need home warranty coverage from the Home Service Club. For around a dollar a day, if any of your covered appliances and systems break down, HSC will either do the repair or replace them. HSC has over 15,000 pre-screened, highly rated technicians with the fastest response time in the industry. HSC provides coverage for up to 47 different appliances and systems in your home. Call for a free, no-obligation quote from a trusted HSC service specialist about a home warranty for your entire home, all backed by a 30-day money-back guarantee. 800-434-5301. Call now and get your first month free, plus $75 off your first year. 800-434-5301. 800-434-5301. That's 800-434-5301. 800-434-5301. 
Adams on Agriculture brought to you by Cenex Premium Diesel. Cenex Premium Diesel, a more complete additive package for a more complete burn. Information America's farmers and ranchers need to know. Adams on Agriculture. Now back to Mike Adams. You know, with all the stories coming out of 2020, we'll look back on. I think one of those in the ag world will be the the rewriting of the narrative where we were earlier in the year about stocks and burdensome stocks, and now the rewriting of those numbers coming down and the harvest that we thought would could be around record levels, how that's come down, how that has changed the picture. Let's talk about that now with Steve Nicholson, Grain and Oil Seeds Analyst for Robo AgriFinance. Steve, thanks for joining us. Uh, we got more numbers uh, Friday from USDA. It's just interesting how that narrative and that that's, uh, the stocks uh, situation has changed this year. Yes, good morning, Mike. Good to be with you as always. Absolutely. I mean, the way you framed it is absolutely perfect. It, it's, you know... 60 days ago, you know, we were, and maybe maybe 90 days ago, we'll put it that way and be a little more, a little more generous. Yeah, I mean, the whole thing was, oh my gosh, it's, you know, woe is me sort of thing, and oh, this is never going to get better, and how do we ever get out of this trap? And now here we sit, you know, middle of October, and the whole, the whole narrative changed. And I, and I thought just, I went through this last night, because I, I was sort of curious myself, because that's exactly where I was when the narrative changed. So I thought, let's go through a couple numbers and kind of look at this. So if you look at corn, for example, planted acres down from 92 million in August to 91 million in October. You know, harvested acres down almost 2 million acres and, you know, from August to October. You know, 850,000 of that in Iowa alone. You know, yield is down uh, three, well, three, almost three and a half bushels. You know, Iowa's down over six. You know, it's actually in Iowa, it's like 16 bushels. Um, now, having said all that on corn, you're still at the second highest, you know, crop on record. So that's amazing because everything we've been through this year. But then, so you look at that supply side is getting contracted, and then you start to look at the demand side. And the demand side actually is down a little bit. You know, feed and residual was down in October. Ethanol was down in October. Exports were flat, but ending stocks now, as we looked at all the September numbers, you know, they were, you know, they're down, you know, we saw in October down 336 million bushels from August. Now, that's interesting of itself, but the thing is it goes back to, you know, the other pre to go back a little ways and think about the September grain stocks report. And we and that seems like eons ago now, but the fact was, you know, the range for that was like, a you know, was way off. The, the market was thinking much higher numbers and the, and the USDA came in at a much lower number below 2 billion bushels. So the thing, though, I want to caution on on corn, though, you know, that stocks-to-use ratio has gone from 17% to 14.9%. So it's still a very large stocks-to-use ratio, and I'll come back to some of those pricings about that. We can talk about that later. Same thing with beans. We see planted acres down. We see harvested acres down. We see yield down. It's the fourth largest crop on record. But the thing in beans is exactly what you said. Not only do you get contracted on the supply side, but you're getting contracted, you know, the demand side is also having an impact. Crush was flat in October. Exports moved up 75 million. So ending stocks, when you add in the, you know, the, the ending stocks we got at the end of September, which were way, again, way below the trade view, and now you've got a very tight soybean. It's gone soybean stock situation, which has gone from a 10.3% stocks ratio to 6.4%. And so you've got some really tight markets, particularly when you look at soybeans. It's just 
phenomenal this, the turnaround we've had here. Any, what was the biggest takeaway for you from the uh, report on Friday? I think it's I think it's the fact that we continue to lose harvested acres in corn. Now, most of that is centered in Iowa, um, but and that's kind of the expectation is that we may lose a few more harvested acres before we're there. Um, I think that was the biggest thing I looked at. I will tell you the other thing I'm watching very closely is is global um, situation as far as what's happening in South America. Obviously, that's a weather issue we won't know a lot about until we get deeper into their crop here. Um, and I think the other thing, too, is to watch what's happening in the Black Sea. You know, they did increase Russian wheat production, but you've had Ukraine going down. And so where, you know, you look at what's happening there, and, of course, Europe had a, a small, uh, a smaller, we'll put it, you know, winter crop. And so that concern, that also is a situation where you've seen wheat has both kind of jumped on the coattails of corn, but at the same time has its own fundamentals, which are also um, friendly, which you didn't think that ever happened again. So there's there's lots of things here I think that farmers need to be watching and paying attention to very, very closely. We're talking with Steve Nicholson, Grain and Oil Seeds Analyst, Robbo AgriFinance. At the time of the DeRatio event, we, mm-hmm. we knew it was bad for those farmers, but the overall perception of it market-wise and supply, you know, uh, crop-wise for this right. year, it was kind of shrugged off as, even though it was through Iowa, it was like, well, it's not going to make that much of a difference in the big picture. Yeah. Now, all of a sudden, it seems to be making a bigger uh, difference. It does. And I, I think we have to kind of, and we may have to parse this a little bit. And I, I think this is, if you don't mind, I might, I might talk a little bit about price and where that relationship. The, the Iowa thing was a big deal. And, you know, we're talking now upwards of 400,000 bushels it's just gone. I mean, that production's going to be gone. And, and, you know, there's stories out of Iowa continue to show farmers working very hard to get, you know, corn lifted up off the ground, literally. Um, so they're being very resourceful there. Um, but the fact is, it's, it still remains, when you look at the corn situation, you still have a fairly healthy ending stocks and you have a fairly healthy stocks to use ratio. And so that's, that's something we have to keep in mind and keep that in perspective. But yeah, I mean, it is certainly coming to bear, and that's where the that's you know that's contributed to the rally. Is you know that's helped contribute to the rally we're in, along with the export side. You know, the bean side is kind of like we talked a couple months ago. I was I was more friendly beans and corn, and I still remain in that camp because of how tight the stock situation has gotten, and it could get tighter. I mean, you look at you know there I can't remember the number off the top of my head. I think it's around 20 million metric tons right now that China has either shipped or committed to for this crop year. Well, we start getting a few more metric tons there, and there's expectations they will buy more soybeans from us in the 2020 crop year. And that U.S. soybean situation, or S&D, gets a lot tighter a lot faster. So that gives you some, I mean, in my view, is I still, I still remain more friendly to beans, that there is more upside in beans than there is corn at this point, despite everything that's happened in corn. And you're right. I mean, not discounting the local situation as an Iowa. Yeah, it's going to set up this discussion throughout the uh-huh. winter, and and as we head to spring, especially if it's dry still in a lot of areas, it's really. I mean, we're we're talking about quite a situation. Maybe we weren't expecting either when we get to springtime next year. That's right, and that's the other. That's the next question we have to deal with: is where 
what acres, how are we going to allocate acres next year? I mean, that's the, if you continue to see beans be friendly, corn is going to have to keep up that to keep acres, you know, in corn because the corn market, while it doesn't need them as, I'm going to say this, this sounds, I don't mean to be over dramatic, desperately as the soybean market does, it is going to need corn because exports for corn are strong this year into China as well. That was a little unexpected even a few, you know, 60, 90 days ago. So, but then you've got the other issue too. You've got, a sorghum situation in the southern plains and, and the you know the great plains where there is good you know the prices for sorghum are through the roof right now so there's going to be a demand for sorghum acres and if wheat prices stay high as well that's going to give in some incentive for some folks to go out and plant some wheat and get some pricing done so you could get into a kind of a you know a tussle for acres next year which if you had told me that you know 30 60 days ago i would have said well i don't think so but now, all of a sudden, you may get into a tussle for acres. So it could be a very interesting winter. And <laughs> add one more thing, add La Nina on top of that. And mm-hmm. what happens if, you know, the southern part of the United States is hot and dry all winter long? And you grant it, no moisture. And wonder if South America, particularly southern Brazil and Argentina, remain dry. Then you have that adds a whole other dimension that, could really keep these markets in good shape and be very supportive to markets over all winter long. Of course, the other wild card, which is COVID related, <laughs> it would be yeah. ethanol. I mean, do we get past COVID and people start driving more and demand for ethanol picks up or, or not, or if it doesn't, yeah. that how that plays out will impact all this. Well, absolutely. And I think that, I think that jury is still sitting. Uh, I don't think that that's all been decided yet. You think about, and you talk to corporations, and I'm sure you have too. You know, a lot of corporations basically, you know, have basically put their white collar workforce instead. Work, you stay at home since to, through the end of the year. So, what does that mean for holiday travel? What does that mean, you know, for Christmas travel? Uh, what does that mean for winter vacations? And and you're absolutely right. It, it does sort of call into question where does ethanol stand? And I would argue a little bit right now at the pace we're at right now, which is about 10 to 11 percent down on a weekly basis corn grind down that much versus kind of the last four to five year averages you know the usda number on corn ethanol is probably still a little high and probably should be someplace it's likely should be below five billion bushels rather than above five billion bushels so it that throws in that is the negative you have for the corn market to deal with well, kind of like I started off our conversation, for so many, <laughs> in so many ways and so many reasons, we'll look back and say 2020, whether, you know, the pandemic, yeah. it's uh, grain marketing, whatever it may be, this is just one of those historic, uh, you know, watershed years that will uh, impact things for quite a while to come. Absolutely. And I think that's the, that's the story of 2020 is that we started the year with, you know, the, as again, the woe is me. We've just got too much stuff. And it wasn't much to talk about. And now we come into the fourth quarter of the year, and it's just almost overwhelming to keep up with the developments on a day-to-day basis in the markets to figure out what is the impact going to be. But opportunities for farmers. Amazing how it has changed for sure. All right. Good to talk with you, Steve. Thank you. Good to talk to you, Mike. Thank you. Robo Agrifinance Grain and Oilseeds Analyst Steve Nicholson. We'll check in next with a harvest report from eastern Nebraska. Did Greg Anderson get some rain? How far along is he with harvest? We'll find out next on AOA. Adams on Agriculture brought to you by Cenex Premium Diesel. 
Cenex Premium Diesel. Diesel that doesn't mess around. I can't get my computer to work. Let me help you with that. How'd you do that? I just got techie with geeks on site. Our geeks literally come on site. No need to stop what you're doing or block off time. We come to your home, office, or wherever you are. And we don't just fix whatever computer issues you might be having. We explain and teach you along the way so you can feel empowered and then help others at home or in your office. Better yet, don't have time for tech support to come to you? Let us remote into your desktop or laptop, and one of our geeks will instantly walk you through. We offer affordable prices on our remote services and IT support. You and those in your office will never have to wait hours to have your technical questions answered. Get your free computer diagnosis today with your very own geek. Get started now and we'll help you instantly. Call 866-967-3879. 866-967-3879. That's 866-967-3879. As an organ donor, your story doesn't have to end. The good in you can live on. In fact, you could save up to eight lives with your gifts. Your heart could keep beating. Your kidneys could keep filtering. And your intestines could keep on digesting for others. And that's not all. You can improve the lives of 50 more people as an eye and tissue donor, restoring sight and health. And you're not just helping out the person receiving the transplant. You're touching whole families with your life-saving gift. Register in minutes. Just go to organdonor.gov. You'll be happy you did. And just maybe, someone else will be happy too. Sign up today. Go to organdonor.gov. It saves lives. U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Health Resources and Services Administration. There's a reason more than a billion feet of ADS farm tile lies beneath America's heartland. It's simple. We build trust. Since 1966, farmers and their families have trusted ADS products to improve yields and create longer growing seasons. From lift stations to water control structures, ADS Agriculture has everything you need for total ag water management solutions. For everyone out there feeding the world, we wish you all a safe and happy harvest. Young farmers don't listen to the radio, right? Wrong. In a recent survey, 74% of young producers said they get their most important agricultural information from their trusted farm radio station. Surprised? Don't be. If you think about it, it makes perfect sense. Radio is the perfect companion because it goes with you everywhere. Whether you're in the shop, on the combine, or in the truck, farm radio is right there with you. This message brought to you by the National Association of Farm Broadcasting. Adams on Agriculture prides itself on bringing top leaders in the egg industry right to your radio speakers. AOA wants to continue that conversation right to your fingertips. Follow AOA on Twitter at AOA underscore talk show and Mike Adams himself at the handle Mike Adams Egg. You will receive real-time highlights of the show and keep up with which convention or industry meeting AOA is attending. That's AOA underscore talk show and Mike Adams Egg. We hope to see you online. These are the sounds of a dinner. A dinner that almost didn't happen. A dinner now served, thanks to people like you. Due to COVID-19, 17 million more Americans may face hunger. Feeding America is helping our neighbors in need. And if you're able, you can too. 
Donations are being accepted at feedingamerica.org slash coronavirus. Brought to you by the Ad Council and Feeding America. 200 food banks strong. Recently on Adams on Agriculture, joining us is Greg Tilka. He is an Iowa State nematologist, and you have some new information showing the conditions this year in soybean fields could have an impact on SCN populations two years from now when those fields go back to soybeans. This observation that scientists have had for years and years was that it seemed like soybean cyst nematode reproduced better in dry soils. In other words, numbers increased quicker. Just a few years ago, we did an extensive uh, survey or study of 15 years of data over 25,000 research plots, and that trend appeared. SCN numbers increased more in dry soils and in hot soils. And so we're a little concerned that SCN numbers might be really high this fall. You're in the corn bean rotation. That means there'll be really high numbers waiting for the next soybean crop. For the information important to rural America, join us on Adams on Agriculture. Adams on Agriculture is brought to you by Cenex Premium Diesel. With Cenex Premium Diesel, you can count on a diesel that will keep your operation in top shape. Information America's farmers and ranchers need to know. Adams on Agriculture. Now, back to Mike Adams. Let's go to Nebraska for our harvest report. Greg Anderson is there. And, Greg, did you get any rain? I had just a little bit of rain, about 10, 15 hundreds, which really isn't much, Mike, overnight. But I know places to the east, south, and north of me had a pretty good line of thunderstorms that rolled through late yesterday afternoon and, you know, sparked some uh, warnings and watches in various places. And uh, I know even some reports of some hail. So a person never likes to see hail, but especially this time of year, if there's some fragile soybeans or corn left standing. How far along are you with harvest? Actually, my pleased to report that I finished up last week, uh, October 7th, ah. which 2020 has been an incredible year in so many different ways, and why not, you know, uh, cap it off by uh, finishing harvest about three or four weeks earlier than I expected. But I got a very early start, and that uh, good weather in between just kept rolling every day, six days a week, uh, no no hitches or glitches in anything, and uh, uh, the uh, elevator lines were uh, very accelerated and kept everything moving. So. Uh, it was really a smooth harvest in that sense. Um, the, the yields were, were shorter than, you know, we would have liked just because of that August dry spell. But uh, already, you know, we're kind of getting everything put away, uh, washed up. And now uh, starting for next year already, I'll be soil sampling this week and doing some uh, projects in that regard. We're talking with Nebraska soybean farmer. He plants all soybeans, Greg Anderson. So, Greg, is this the earliest you've ever wrapped up harvest? Well, Mike, it ties, I know, I think it was 1999, I, I just have it in my head that October 7th was the date that we finished up that year, and it was a year uh, kind of like this year where the uh, weather was such that it dried everything out pretty quick, and we were able to get an early start, and there again, uh, no weather delays, so uh, it's not unprecedented, but very strange, usually like to kind of wrap things up. It seems like usually the calendar is uh, reading October 20-something when when I get done with beans, but uh, not this year. So your yields were down from what you had hoped for before that August weather got dry and, and took topped off the yield. Um, 
how far how much did you lose do you think well probably you know those those fields that you're usually used to in a normal year or to a wetter year pulling 60 65 bushel an acre dry land off you know that's probably a, a good 10 bushel down from that uh, some of the poorer soils, uh, I don't have much sand here at all. It's pretty much clay loam, but there are a couple of sandy spots. Uh, that was pretty much toast. It just uh, didn't finish well. But yet on some of the some of the gooder, you know, better soils, the, the, the fertile soils and the soils that were in the sub-irrigated uh, area, which I don't have a lot of acres of, but along creeks and, and things like that where the water table is so high, they did very well. So I guess all in all, you know, you're just grateful for what you get. Um, it's, we haven't had a a down year really since 2012 and so we're thankful for all those years in between where we had really good crops in the east uh, central part of nebraska where i live so you look around you uh how are your neighbors doing how far along are they with their harvest well again uh, there again uh, everybody's a little bit ahead of pace uh a lot of corn is coming out now virtually uh all the beans are, are about out there's there's not many beans left uh, people are rolling on corn uh, some of the comments that I've heard from area farmers here locally is that, uh, for some reason, the moisture level on the corn just swings so uh, widely uh, in the same field with the same variety. It might be 15% in, in one area and then uh, 21 or 22%. I guess if you mix that up, it kind of averages maybe 18 But it, uh, it seems like with all the dry weather and the heat that we've had, especially in August, September, uh, we would see a little bit drier corn. But I have to remind myself it is... You know, it's still uh, on the early part of October, and uh, people usually aren't rolling in corn uh, this quite this early. They're usually getting started, but a lot of people are knocking a lot of acres out. And I would say, Mike, uh, in the next uh, 10 days or so, there probably won't be a lot of uh, acres left to harvest in this part of the state. Every year is a learning year, Greg. What were your big takeaways from 2020 for your crop this year? <laughs> Yeah, every year it is a learning year. You're exactly right. I, I think what I want to do is, is really uh, look even more closely at these soil tests that I'll be uh, analyzing here and, and making uh, fertilizer recommendations. I had, it uh, seems like, more variety uh, in yield in the same field, which shouldn't be. Um, I mean, you know, the uh, parts of the field got just as much rain as the other parts of the field when it did rain, and yet there seems to be a a uh, uh, yield uh, swing there more than you would think. I want more consistent across the field. So I'll be looking at that. And then I want to look at hard and, hard and fast at the herbicide program for next year. Uh, I was enlist this year. Um, enlist uh, did well for me, and yet I had some late season weed escapes. So uh, interesting to follow that dicamba story, and hopefully uh, EPA will approve that so we can have all modes of action available for the uh, farmer to use for the 2021 soybean uh, growing season. You know, for all the problems, for all the issues of 2020, here we're talking about uh, a, a harvest getting done quicker than usual and on soybeans especially, a price better than we expected for this time of year. Yeah, you know, we didn't see that. I, I don't think anyone saw that coming um, to the degree that it did. Uh, certainly uh, peaked really well uh, Last week, I know after the report came on uh, locally, your cash uh, beans just just topped uh, ten dollars. Uh, would have never dreamt that there in August, where cash beans were below eight at my local elevators. So uh, that was a nice bump. It kind of helps make up for some of that yield uh, uh, deficiency that we experienced because of the weather. And uh, I think a lot of these beans are are converted right to cash. Uh, 
I don't know. I suppose some people are storing some beans, but yet uh, a lot of people are selling right off the combine, and, and rightfully so. That's a nice uh, rally to re- reward uh, that uh, a sale with and, and use it for some operating. Uh, and there was no carry in the market either, so I think that's why people are selling cash beans, uh, probably storing their corn. Well, Greg, glad that uh, your harvest is uh, done and done safely, and you can start uh, working on next year. Thanks a lot. Good to talk with you. Good to talk with you, Mike. Have a great day. All right. Take care. Nebraska soybean farmer Greg Anderson. That wraps it up for today. Thank you for joining us. Be safe. Join us again tomorrow right here on AOA. Cenex Premium Diesel comes with a more complete additive package for a more complete burn to optimize performance in all engines.